Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the number one entertainment brand on the planet, the number one sports podcast on the planet, and the number one sports show on the planet. I'm your host, Drake Tharp, and man, we are we are hitting strides. We just hit a thousand views last week. We're almost at 50 subscribers. You know, little strides like that. We've only been doing this for about four months now, so I can't complain. Anywho, it's right after the Super Bowl um, NBA trade deadline. We have a lot in store for this episode. A lot's happened since last week. Um, Super Bowl happened. Trade deadline happened. Um, There's a few trades. Um, There's a hiring of a coach. Um, There was a lot in the NBA and the NFL. So we're going to jump right into it. Right off the bat, my Super Bowl afterthoughts. Um... That was an amazing Super Bowl. I cannot complain about anything that had happened. It was a close battle. The Bengals showed that they they were a contender. It wasn't a fluke win. Um, the the Rams proved that they're the better team, the best team in the NFL. After all the front office moves they've made, um, they barely have any draft picks this year. They traded them all away via the Matt Stafford trade and other trades beyond that. Um, they signed Odell Beckham Jr., Von Miller. All of these front office moves paid off, and I couldn't. It couldn't have ended better. Um, another another team winning it. I don't know. It would be a shame if they didn't make anything of it. The the L.A. Rams, and it was a good Super Bowl. Joe Burrow showed that he's going to be a problem in the league for the next decade. Uh, Bengals Bengals proved themselves they'll be a problem for the next decade. Uh, they competed with a star-studded team. Um, it was a great Super Bowl. Matt Stafford got a well-deserved ring. I loved it. It was a close battle till the end. Um, and yeah, we have, we got a lot of answers out of it. It was two different teams, two quarterbacks who really deserved it. I loved the Super Bowl. And the halftime show was amazing. Let's not get that wrong. You know, everybody's 40-year-old parents running around the living room, dancing uncontrollably. I saw a few of those on TikTok. It was hilarious. Great halftime show. Great Super Bowl. I loved it. Couldn't have ended better. Um, Rams went all out. And they won all in. They went all in, and they came out, you know, on top. Barely any draft picks. They want to win now, and they won now. So congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams. Um, I am stoked for next year. Now let's talk about their quarterback. There has been debate after the Super Bowl victory that Matthew Stafford, who has spent the uh, first 13 years of his career in Detroit and now latter on the Rams, um, there's debate that he is a Hall of Famer or not a Hall of Famer. Um, here's my, here's my take on that. Um, Matthew Stafford currently is not a Hall of Famer. Um, you know, he really doesn't have any true accolades, including the Super Bowl MVP award. Um, he's never made an AP All-Pro team. He's never, you know, led the league in passing. Um, besides the Super Bowl ring, he really doesn't have anything else. No NFL MVP no AP All-Pro selections. Um, he's a big stat guy. He was really the only guy in Detroit, and you can blame that on Detroit. I will give you that. But it's one thing to stay in a place that made you sick for 13 years rather than you know making a better career move. Loyalty is one thing. I respect the hell out of loyalty. But if you're a career guy and you care about your accolades, which I don't know, I don't really care if Stafford does, this is what the debate is. Is he a Hall of Famer or not? Um, I see one more big accolade pushing him over that hump, um, an MVP, maybe another Super Bowl ring, even an all AP all pro selection at this point in his career. I think edges Stafford over the hall of fame hump. Um, his ring proves Detroit failed him when he was in Detroit. 
Uh, they had Calvin Johnson with him for most for about two-thirds of his career, and they really thought that's all he needed. They really never had an elite running back. Um, besides Calvin Johnson, they really didn't have a star-studded receiver. Um, and once you give him a all-around offense and a decent defense in the Rams, Stafford proves that he should have and would have been the guy in uh, Detroit if they put the right pieces around him. So we can do could'ves and should'ves all we want, but right now with the accolades that Stafford has, he is not a Hall of Famer. He has one Super Bowl ring, no NFL MVPs, um, no, not even the Super Bowl MVP, no AP All-Pro. Um, I think one of those, that's all he needs to edge over. Um, yeah, uh, we've seen a lot of you know mids quarterbacks win the Super Bowl. Trent Dilfer, Joe Flacco, um, those guys are not Hall of Famers per se. Stafford, on the other hand, has just the same amount of accolades as those guys. Um, it's, it's, you know, I don't know, it kind of proves Detroit failed him. Um, it proves that he was a big stat guy in Detroit and he should have left sooner. Um, but loyalty's a thing and I respect the hell out of it. But right now, Matthew Stafford is not a Hall of Famer. One more big accolade, though, pushes him over the hump. That's my take on it. I really think, um, I really think Stafford has the talent to be a Hall of Famer for sure. He was doing the no look passes before Mahomes made it, you know, all over the media for doing it. Stafford's been doing those no look passes his entire career, and it was never in the media, really, because the Lions have never been, you know, prime time big deal team. Um, but now that Stafford's on the Rams, we're starting to see what kind of quarterback he really was. Um, people see the Lions and they're like, oh, they suck. Uh, and that, that kind of led on to Matt Stafford too. A lot of people, a lot of casual fans didn't like Matt Stafford, but when you put him on a good, decent, uh, a decent team with very good weapons and, you know, a defense that is Super Bowl caliber, this is what the, this is the re result you're going to get. Now, I don't think that the Rams could have done this with any quarterback. I'm not saying that they couldn't do it with Jared Goff and, it, and he proved in Detroit that he's not a guy you want to build around. It's a bridge quarterback. Um, I think Matthew Stafford is in – there's 10 quarterbacks I think you can throw on a de decent team like that and just get a Super Bowl and win. Um, Matt Stafford's one of those guys. Um, Hall of Famer, no. But one more big deal. One, another Super Bowl ring, uh, MVP, a big accolade like that, easy MVP, easy, easy Hall of Fame. Anywho, we're going to jump to the younger side of the quarterbacks, Kyler Murray is reportedly unhappy in Arizona. Does he have the case to be unhappy? Let's look. I'm going to do a little pros and cons list here. Um, con, only one playoff game in three years. Uh, you know, it's kind of, I would say, normal now for younger quarterbacks to make an immediate impact. We see Patrick Mahomes' second-year one MVP led the Chiefs to the AFC Championship game. Josh Allen already edges the Bills into... Uh, Super Bowl contention after only being in the league for four years, and he did it after his second year. Um, the pro with Kyler Murray is he's had the pieces put around him um, immediately. DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk has elevated. They just traded for Zach Ertz. They have AJ Green. Um, they have good young veteran. They have good young veteran guys, and then they have they have good young guys, and then they have the veterans who help them out. And Kyler Murray is one of those young guys. Um, same with Christian Kirk, but then you have the vets like Hopkins and A.J. Green and Zach Ertz. Um, so he has the pieces around him now. He's only 24, plenty of time to build. If the Cardinals with Kyler Murray don't reach a Super Bowl by the time he's 30, 
that would be very embarrassing. And the playoff loss they had was kind of embarrassing. After a 7-0 start in the regular season, you have to think they're just a regular season team right now. Now, Kyler Murray, this is where my point stands. Kyler Murray has a chance to make the change that Aaron Rodgers did not make in Green Bay ever. After Aaron Rodgers' Super Bowl victory in 2011, he has seen a decade and a year of uh, letdown and just overall disappointment in Green Bay. Kyler Murray has a chance to make, make that happen now. Um, we've already seen Rodgers express his uh, disinterest in the organization of Green Bay after last year. Um, they put on a great regular season performance this year. Changes did happen, but it's still the same deal. Uh, they didn't make it to the Super Bowl, which Rodgers cap- has the talent to do so. I also think Kyler Murray has the talent to do so. Um, I think that's undebatable. Um, Kyler Murray, yeah, he has the chance to express his disinterest now and, you know, kind of make it known that he wants to win. I don't think Rodgers did that after his Super Bowl victory, where, as we know, Rodgers has the talent to maybe have three or four or five rings. Who knows? Um, But Murray has the chance to make that change now that Rodgers didn't make. He's only 24. He has pieces around him now. If he expresses his disinterest, he can either be, I don't know, a trade or... You know, they changed something organizationally, maybe with the roster. I don't know. I, there's really no details on what he's unhappy about. I think it's just the playoff loss. But we see young quarterbacks express their disinterest in the organization, especially with the Deshaun Watson case. Um, uh, now Kyler Murray, um, Aaron Rodgers didn't make that change, and that is why he is Super Bowlless in a decade. So Kyler Murray, I think it's good that he's expressing his opinion. Um, but I think it's also a patience thing. He's only been in the league for three years. Um, they're, they've obviously rebuilded well. They went from a first pick in the draft to um, nearly making the playoffs last year and now this year being in the wild card spot. So it's slowly progressing, but with all the young quarterbacks su- succeeding like Josh Allen and Mahomes, I think Kyler Murray would be like to be right there with him. And that's where I think he's expressing his disinterest and getting blown out in the playoffs as well. So, he has the right to be unhappy, I think, right now, seeing a lot of success in his division, uh, especially, you know, Rams and 49ers, those two in-division teams playing in the NFC Championship, while Arizona clearly has a very talented offense, and they started off 7-0, and so it's kind of, uh, it's kind of, dis- it should be disappointing just to watch from the couch if you're him. That's how I see it. Anywho, in the front office set of the NFL, we saw the Vikings hire the Rams offensive coordinator, and I really think this is a really good hire. Uh, they're very, they have very comparable personnel. Um, a gunslinging quarterback, I think you can compare Stafford to Kirk Cousins. Um, big stack, both big stack guys. Um, Cooper Cup to Justin Jefferson, both insane route runners, both great go-to guys. They're both in their primes. Um, great number two veteran-style receivers, Adam Thielen and Odell Beckham Jr. The difference is here, I see a better running back in Minnesota. Um, I think the Rams OC has a lot to work with in Minnesota. The only thing that really needs to be changed is the defense need work. They need work and they need more star power on that defense. Um, they have an elite wide receiver duo and an elite running back. I think the Rams OC, what he's done with Stafford and crew in L.A., uh, can push the Vikings over the hump and put them in playoff contention, especially if Rodgers has gone in that division. The Vikings have a very good chance at overtaking it. Um, we'll see how long uh, the crew with Cousins, Thielen, and Jefferson, and Cook stay around. Um, it's not going to be crazy if one of them leaves within the next two to three years, but I think this is a very good hire. It happened after the Super Bowl, so he's ready to 
take on with a new team. Um, yeah, he's focused on the Super Bowl. Now the Rams OC with the Minnesota Vikings. Very comparable personnel, I think. Great hire. Anywho, to the NBA. We saw some trades. We saw some trades. Um, there was a lot of trades. I've, I've got a list right here of them. I'm going to be grading these trades. Uh, first on the list, we have the Pacers and Kings trade. Basically, um, it, hi- it highlighted Halliburton for DeMontis Sabonis. Sabonis now in the Kings, Halliburton now in the Pacers. Um, I give the Pacers trade the, on the Pacers side an A+. Yes, an A+. I think it's perfect for them. They have a stunning, promising backcourt with Chris Duarte, uh, a first-round pick who's 24. He's very old for the draft class, but he's a rookie. He has a good... Solid decade in front of him. And Tyrese Halliburton, who ceiling can skyrocket and who has a very, you know, loyal edge to the team he's on. Um, he wanted to change the culture of the Sacramento Kings, and they just traded him away like that. Expect the same kind of grit in Indiana if you're a Pacers fan. Miles Turner is now the main big guy who has shown capability of hitting the three ball. He's also a defensive monster. Um, Isaiah Jackson, uh, first-round pick. From Kentucky shows a lot of promise and defensive help at the forward spot. So you have your replacement right there for Sabonis. The only thing I really uh, see maybe a weakness at is the facilitation. But I think Chris Duarte um, and Miles Turner both show signs that they can pass the ball around and get that offense moving. They're very well coached. I like this trade a lot for the for the Pacers. On the King side, I give them a B plus. Uh, Sabonis is a damn near perfect compliment for Deer and Fox. Opens up a spot for a, a promising Davion Mitchell. Um, Halliburton's shooting talent replaced with DiVincenzo. So they're shooting talent with Halliburton, who's a great shooter. They picked up DiVincenzo in another trade. Only problem is Halliburton's ceiling is unknown. They could have had a potential superstar on their hands. They have a proven superstar now with Sabonis. Um, you know, we don't really know his ceiling either, but Halliburton is very unproven. Um, so, which should flourish in Indiana. Um, how, we'll see Halliburton's ceiling in Indiana. And I don't really think Indiana lost a ton of things besides facilitation with Sabonis. They clearly had Sabonis at what they think is his peak, and they traded him for a ton of good pieces. Um, they have very young. They have a very good chance at being a very good rebuilding team here in the next five to ten years. King's side, um, the only reason I give him a B plus is we know what Sabonis is capable of. Um, it kind of takes out shooting with what Halliburton had and DiVincenzo, kind of streaky. Um, yeah, Halliburton ceiling unknown. He could have been a potential superstar. That's the only problem I see with the trade. That's why they get a B plus. But I think on the perfect on the Pacers side, it's perfect. Um, we saw Chris Tapps Porzingis traded to Washington for Spencer Dinwiddie. Now, uh, I'm going to talk more about Porzingis on this side. Uh, you know, can Chris Tapps Porzingis elevate back to that superstar status he had in New York in DC? I'll tell you why he very well can. Players like Kyle Kuzma's stats have flourished in Washington. As the main guy with Beal out, uh, Chris Tapps Porzingis is going to be the go-to guy. He's going to be a stat patter. They're not going to have a good record, but once Beal is back, they're going to have a good one-two punch with Beal. I like it. I give it a B for the Wizards. Um, only issue is we know Porzingis ceiling. I think he's on the plummet down. Not really a plummet, but he'll be a good player to work with. Um, I think they should get younger, though. With Beal out, KP is a huge acquirement and someone solid to build around. I think he's a good build around for the next five years, and if Beal 
wants to stay in Washington. Uh, they have a great scorer, and it can draw attention more towards Beal and open up Chris Tapp's Porzingis a lot more. They also have a lot of other good pieces and probably a good draft pick upcoming. Uh, while Doncic, when Porzingis played with Doncic on the Mavericks, Doncic was a scoring facilitator. Beal's elite scoring capability should open up Porzingis, like I said. Um, I give it a B for the Wizards on the Porzingis trade. Now, the big one. We talked about James Harden a few weeks back for best trade destinations. One of them finally went through. 76ers, I mentioned it. There he is now in the 76ers. Ben Simmons also traded to the Nets. Um, Here's the deal. I love it all around. Um, I really don't have any hate for the trade at all. Um, Harden has never had an elite big man. And that's the thing that I think people are quiet about. We've never seen him with elite big man play, uh, like pick and roll concepts. He's It's normally been five out. Uh, we know the synonymous P.J. Tucker at center. They had the smallest lineup in the NBA when Harden was in his prime on the Rockets. Uh, Harden and Embiid have the potential to, mo- to be the most deadly combo in the league, I think. Uh, they have a very good chance at being a good one-two punch. The pick and roll is going to open up Harden perfectly, and Embiid is the MVP, MVP favorite right now. What more can you want if you're the Sixers? Uh, the Sixers won this trade, I believe, because they kept their promising young core. Matisse Thybul, who is an elite defensive player and maybe defensive player of the year candidate, and Tyrese Maxey, who's elevated himself into you know a potential elite scorer here in the near future, while gathering the best one-two punch in the league now. Harden and Embiid. The only problem I see with it is their depth. They traded away Seth Curry, but they kept their young core, which is why I give them the edge on the trade. The Nets trade allows Ben Simmons to flourish without necessarily being the main guy. He doesn't have to be the main scorer. He doesn't have to shoot from the outside. All he has to do is work around Durant, Kyrie, a lot of good pieces they have. They have a developing center, Nick Claxton. They have Seth Curry as well, who was traded with Simmons. Um, Ben Simmons will facilitate and be a star defensive stud without needing to be the main guy down the stretch. Um, he's going to get his inside baskets. I really don't think he needs to shoot from the outside. It's what He's going to do what he's good at. He's a different, odd player, but he's good. Um, and it allows him to excel at what he's good at. Defense, inside shots, and facilitating. And it's going to work out great for the Nets as they have superstar scorers in Kyrie and Kevin Durant. And they have good outside shooting now with Seth Curry. Um, they have a decent amount of other pieces too. I give the Nets, uh, I give the Nets a B plus also with the acquirement of Seth Curry. Um, I give the 76ers an A minus. I think they win it by an edge because they kept, um, their young core with Tyrese Maxey and Matisse Thibel, and they have two to three veteran scorers and beat Harden and Tobias Harris. The only possible issue I see is a depth issue. Um, and the Nets, uh, they don't have really any draft picks at all. Um, same with the Sixers, though, with the trades that's happened. Um, you know, I see the Nets. They have decent veteranship, um, but they need to get younger. That's that's what I'd like to see them do. That's why they have a B plus. They need to get younger talent. Uh, they have Nick Claxton and their centerpiece, but they have Durant, Kyrie. I don't know how long they're going to play for. I give the Nets a B plus also because they we don't know Ben Simmons and how he's going to react to this within you know a year's span. Is he going to play the diva role again when he's unhappy? I'm not too sure on Ben Simmons, but I think he'll flourish. I think it's written out for him to flourish in Brooklyn, and I think 
Harden, and Embiid will be the best one-two punch in the league. I have the 76ers as the favorite in the East, and the Nets right behind them, and then Bulls and Bucks. Um, I think the trade is great all around for both teams, um, and it's going to show here in the latter half of the regular season. Uh, we have the All-Star break coming up, and I will give my opinion on the All-Star selections here next week. Um, yeah. That's the show, everybody. We had a lot happen. Super Bowl happened. NBA trade deadline. Um, thank you, everybody, for watching. The merch is getting closer and closer to being a real thing here soon, being available for purchase. I'm still working on that. There's a lot to gather. Um, website coming soon. Keep your eyes peeled. We are going to be moving fast with this. Uh, I don't even like to call it a sports show anymore. I like to call it an entertainment brand because so much is happening. So many options with this. Um, I'm really just discovering a lot right now with this, and it's really fun. We're going to be growing fast and soon. I'm putting it out there in the universe. This this production that I'm working on, this team that I have around me is too good not to succeed. So thank you, everybody, for watching episode 21 of Drake's Corner. Uh, I love doing the sports show part of this. It's I love having this as the main part of my channel um expect a vlog coming soon um yeah thank you guys for watching and i'll see you guys next wednesday peace